0: okay back by no one's demand but our own and from our home office here in Elizabeth Park in beautiful sunny scenic Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 sessions. We are brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports I am your host Buck Rising. It is week 1. The Titans will be in Cleveland in just a few short days. In the meantime, We are going to continue to give you the best possible football coverage that you can have as long as you're rating and reviewing and subscribing to our podcast here. We're very happy to have you guys back. I'm very happy that I was able to break loose of Radio Jail as of Sunday. I was able to host the Wake Up Zone over for our friends on 104.5 on Labor Day and talk to one of my favorites, Dave McGinnis, former Titans coach, former Rams coach, former Bears coach, uh, former Cardinals coach, my man Coach Mack has been around and we had a great conversation on the Wake Up Zone that we will be able to re-air for you guys right now and preview Cleveland, what they will do to attack that offensive line, what Mack made of the trade for Taewon Taylor, a seventh round pick. I'm honestly shocked. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I was honestly shocked that they were able to get value out of him. And ostensibly, they traded Taewon Taylor for Reggie Gilbert because of what the picks that they gave up for him, for Gilbert, and then received as a part of the Taewon deal to send him to Cleveland. So you will see Taewon Taylor in week one, whether he will play or not is an entirely different matter. But saw today that he was being uh, uh, probed for information by the Cleveland coaching staff. And I would say to you, because a lot of you were very upset on Twitter, or per- perhaps a loud minority were very upset with the fact that John Robinson traded Taywan Taylor to your week one opponent. And I would say to you that if he was at all concerned about what Taywan Taylor would be able to tell the Cleveland Browns defensive staff, he would not have done that. And part of what got Taewon Taylor gone was his inability to learn things conceptually, to pick up the speed of the game and to grasp the offense here in Tennessee. Regardless, we will talk to Coach Dave McGinnis, my conversation that I had on the Wake Up Zone with Coach Mac, as well as Jonathan Schaefer of the Wake Up Zone and Will Bowling over there at 104.5, they were my co-hosts. We talked to Coach Mac for a solid 30 minutes. This was our conversation.
1: Coach, thanks for uh, coming in on Labor Day. Appreciate that,
2: guys. Absolutely. I mean, this is a this is a good crowd here. I like this. I like this. I've uh, yeah, these are these are. Two solid dudes here. They're big, doing I Big like this.
0: Mac Daddy. I have been waiting for this all morning. <laughs> yeah, Buck, look, look, I, I, I Brother I, Man, I, we look, are gonna have a time for the I next will hour. I, look
2: I will talk to you because I'm sitting here with you, but I'm a little bit I'm a little bit hot because your girlfriend came into town and I didn't get to see her. Listen and so, so, it's, so as long as you understand this segment, We're gonna send her a understand that it's not about you and her. That's tough. Okay. It's about she and I. And when she came into town and I didn't
0: get to see her, I'm about done with you. We not done with her. her. I'm done with you. We go to Logan Ryan's charity. We'll talk actual football with Coach Mac here in a second. We I just to want to bring L- that up. No, listen. This is this is this is gonna be the highlight of her day. I promise you. She's
2: the best. Look, let's stop. I'll talk. I'm talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here's the deal. Uh.
2: When I met her I'm so happy right now I've been around I've been around enough i've been to, I've done some things I, and I've spent all my life for 46 years in coaching judging talent okay you way out kicked your coach.:
0: hundred percent
2: and she is so solid I, re, I mean I like her a lot. I mean she's just so solid and the fact that I didn't get to see her when she was here, I'm a little upset. It was not her, at her birthday too. Not oh, that's, Matt makes it even better for me. Uh, not <laughs> not upset at her, but at you. So we'll, now we'll talk ball.
1: Well, no. I'm glad she's
2: listening. Bucket, Bucket,
1: Bucket mentioned that you gave him a vodka recommendation. No, tequila. 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 What well, what's the Teela tequila recommendation? It is Casa Dragoon. Casa Dragones. Dragones. Which is Forgive me.
2: Which is is I mean it's his he you know we were talking and you know Coach Max done a few things.
1: And so anyway, I <laughs> How many of them are
2: legal? I, I, this is, because this, <laughs> stuff, this stuff they sell legally. He, uh, you know, he said, you know, I really like tequila. I said, let me, let me give you something to try here. And it is, it is outstanding. Okay, so, so far we've talked. Bucks, not letting me see his girlfriend on a birthday, <laughs> and we've talked tequila. Now we can talk some balls. She this literally
0: just up. texted me and said, I am so jealous of you right now. <laughs> I, i'm in look, the presence of greatness
2: yeah exit. well
1: <laughs> <laughs> coach dave mcginnis from titans radio joins us here on the wake-up zone on 104.5 the zone taewon taylor uh, shipped off to cleveland for a seventh round draft pick
2: okay look you get so long in this league to either do it or no or don't do it and then i mean this this league i've only been in it for 34 years you you you, you draft players you develop players, and then if, you know, if, if, they, if they don't reach what you feel is their potential or they don't reach what you feel is going to benefit what you're doing and you can find, a, you can find value in them with somebody else, well, then that, that's the nature of the business. Look, a is, a is a speed player, okay? And, and that's, that's an element that you can't coach. You have to have it in 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 this league but also with that with being a with being a receiver in this league there is more than just speed you know there's much more to it than that and the nuances of being able to 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 learn several different positions the nuances of being able to to run the routes correctly from all those different positions Uh, and again I wish him all the success in the world, and so does John Robinson. And so, but these aren't personal decisions that you make; they are business decisions. Because that's one thing that you realize once you get into this. I've gotten I've gotten so close to players in my 31 years of coaching. I still hear from from all of them, and and you have their best interest in mind. But it's still it's still a bottom line business. And so this was you know clearly a business decision because Khalif Raymond, clearly, I mean he's faster if you want to talk about speed. If you just want to talk about clock stuff, he's faster. And plus, you know, he was, he, he was able to do a little bit more and be more productive with what was going on this preseason. Now, let's see what happens when the season starts. But you never make a decision, guys. And I think all three of you will agree with this, and so will our listeners. As a coach in the National Football League, especially on these cutdown dates, days, you never make a decision that you don't think is going to make your team
1: better. That's what you base your decisions on. Is Khalif Raymond? Is it fair to say the one-for-one one replacement of Taewon Taylor on this roster?
2: I would say so. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Absolutely, Shafe.
1: Did Taylor's performance really sink him with the team in that preseason game against the Eagles?
2: I don't think. I don't think just that. I think it was a body of work. I think it was a body. Of work. It's not just that. You don't. You don't do it. You, you don't make decisions. You well, don't, was that
1: the last nail? I should say.
2: I don't think so. You don't make. You don't make knee-jerk decisions, and you don't make. uh in, in your in your parlance, you don't make last nail decisions, but you, you 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 evaluate a body of work, and you also evaluate what you have coming up. I mean, that's that's what you do. Again, as I said, it's, there's nothing personal about it. It's all a it's all a, a business and a production decision.
0: I don't have to tell you that there's a lot of ego in this league, but particularly when it comes to a general manager, you have a belief that you know what kind of player you evaluated. Right, But with John Robinson, I think he, I, perhaps it's just prisoner of the moment, but I feel like he's got good self-awareness, that he's not willing to hang on to these guys too long. He recognizes that there's an issue with a Taewon Taylor, understands that they need help at pass rusher. A lot of people, and Twitter's a poisonous place, but Twitter immediately starts screaming, well, this is another missed draft pick by John Robinson. But they fail to see that he is doing, I mean, Honestly, I'm surprised they got a draft pick out of him based on the performance that he's had through two years. And maybe it's not a big enough sample size and maybe there's potential there, but I'm surprised they got value for him. I really thought it was a good move by John Robinson because you essentially traded Taywan Taylor for Reggie Gilbert.
2: Yeah, you know, Buck, to your to your point, it's it's a very valid point and it's a very clear and it's a very concise evaluation because this here's the thing how rare is that Though, if well and again I'll talk you through it a little bit and our listeners too. if you've never drafted then you've never made a mistake alright it's just like if you've never played if you've never been beaten you've never played corner in the National Football League it's just part of it you, you make the best decision at the moment that you think you're that, that you're making and and you you are so right in saying but once you realize it wasn't the right decision, then, then cut your losses and move forward. And that's, that, that's, that's huge self-awareness. John Robinson has it. Uh, and he came from a place that has some of the best examples. Bill Belichick is a, is a master of that. All right, And, and, and people that, that, that are, are involved in the personnel business in this league that are able to do that are the most successful. And it's the same thing as a coach. If something you're doing is not right, rather than just saying, well, this I'm doing this because this this is what I think is right, but it's not working, you have to be able to admit sometimes that you're not infallible, and nobody is. I drafted for 31 years. I made some really good picks, and I made some really bad picks, okay? But this, but when you are you're, you're in charge, that's part of of good leadership is being able to admit mistakes. Cut cut your cut your mistakes. Now they may go on and do something somewhere else, but at the time and moment for you, you have to be self-aware. John Robinson is that. That's why I'm all in as him on him as a GM.
1: The wake up zone on 1045 the zone powered by all four seasons garage doors. When you're in the NFL for over three decades. Yeah, you can talk to a, a co-host girlfriend. Nobody minds. <laughs> Dave McGinnis in studio. I'm Jonathan Schaefer, along with Buck Rising. Also, Will Bowling in for the guys today. They'll be back in studio tomorrow. Your guests will include Andy Staples from the Athletic, also Derek Mason of Vanderbilt, Jason Stark, the Baseball Hall of Famer. Will all be on the show tomorrow. If you've got a coach, uh, excuse me, a question for uh, Coach Dave McGinnis, you can call at six one five seven three seven one zero four five six one five seven three seven one oh four five us media types like to talk about surprises when it comes to cuts and the one that jumped up the most to us coach was cory levin the expectations that we had for cory levin and where he could play on this line now he's out of a job
2: well he's out of a job right now and and again you, you saw look they experimented a lot with that offensive line you guys were all at practice you saw when you guys were able to be there saw what they saw what they were doing and and moving it around but I think a lot of that probably had to do, you know, with with, with keeping Quisenberry, you know, the, the, their tackle situation. As far as you start talking about, uh, look, you you make your initial cuts, you you, you make them for fifty three, but you also make them with a, a look ahead at what the forty six is going to look like. Because forty six on Sunday, you know, having if you've got fifty three healthy guys, cutting down to forty six on a on a Sunday. That, that's, that's a discussion. It's a discussion all the time. And your first ball game, you have a longer time to look at that and think about it, because ideally you will go into it with most of your guys healthy. And so when you look at that, I think that had something to do you know something to do with it, because there's nobody that knows more about what they need and what they're going to do and who fits better their plans than those guys in that building. You know and, and, and I can say a lot of things. Because I've been doing this a long time, but I'm not in that building in those meeting rooms. I'm in the building. I'm not in the meeting rooms. And so I have to believe that they made the best decision for their football team for this opening week. From a game plan standpoint, the Titans, of course, on the offensive line are already on plan B by not having Taylor Lewan. Correct. The
1: first four weeks.
2: How many contingency plans are there? for stopping Miles Garrett and protecting Marcus Mariota, specifically in week one? Because if you're already on plan B behind the eight ball against such a talented defensive front, how many different ways can this offense try to scheme and try to help Marcus Mariota be successful on Sunday? Well, that's what game planning is, Will, and that's exactly what they're they're going to do. I mean, regardless of whether they have, you know, whoever you have, you've got to be able to, here's here's what the deal is. When you're getting ready to game plan in the National Football League, you look at schemes, all right, but you attack people, okay, and so you look at it both ways. Who do we attack? And on the other side, as you look at your opponent, who are they thinking they can attack? And then how do you counteract that? Okay, so that is part of it. I mean, a huge part of it. I mean, and it's going to be. You know, when I was a head coach at Arizona, I signed I signed a guy, Mike grudadoria from the from the greatest show on turf, the center and and he was he was gone for the first four weeks for the same issue, all right? So it makes a difference in, in what you do, but that is what coaches have to do. Now, see, you always – there are things – you have plans for things that you know were going to come up, but when you're hit with something like this that you had not planned on, then it doesn't really matter that you didn't know about it. You still have to make con- plans, you know – to counterbalance it and it's a good question and it's a real question and it's something that's happened a lot already how important is adam humphreys in this game it it seems like that that's that's one of the adam humphreys is not any more important than anybody else that's going to be playing on that on that offense i mean you know now he'll be a big part of it but here's the thing it goes back to what i was just saying when they start looking at this defense, I've watched their defense. I've watched all of them. I know Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes came up with Ron Rivera. Okay, I know, I know, I know now. They're going to face a different defense than what Greg Williams ran. You know, Wilkes is bringing pressure. He's bringing more pressure in the preseason than I thought he would bring. And when I say bring pressure, I'm talking about five or more. But he has got a defense where he can put pressure with a four man rush. Because, you, know, uh, you know, you mentioned. Their right defensive end? Well, trade for Olivier Vernon's a big move because here's the deal there's a guy on the left side that's really good, and you get put Sheldon Richardson in there also. Uh, you know, they've got four people that can get pressure with just four people. That's the world you'd like to live in as a defensive coordinator in this league. The best defenses I've ever been involved with in my time of coaching defense in the National Football League. We could bring pressure with four people because, and especially nowadays, the way this game has expanded horizontally, offensively, the more people you can have in coverage along with pressure, I mean, real pressure. I'm talking about being able to get the ball out of there, you know, with, with, an, with a, a minimum amount of time. Those types of defenses, you've got a real good chance. That's what they've put together up front.
0: How do they view Kevin Palmfield? Because I feel like Nate Davis, really the the whatever his issue that he's been dealing with, really set them back. I understand that he was a developmental player. Um, I understand that they wanted they wanted to give him some time, but it feels like they would have preferred to get some use out of him early on rather than putting co- uh, well, Kevin look, out look, there.
2: look, Buck, the, any coaching staff when you draft a player, you'd like to be able to. But he he missed he missed training camp, of course. He missed training camp, so you can't. I mean, it's the same thing that, that Davis went through. It's the same thing Rashawn Evans went through. When those guys aren't there, especially as rookies, that is such a critical developmental time. And and really you can't spend time worrying about the time they've missed. What you have to do is 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 get a plan, you know, and whether he was going to be a big part of it early or not, he still missed a lot of developmental time, especially for a young player, and especially coming in that, you know, the offensive line, you know, if people really understand the nuances of playing offensive line in the National Football League, it's a complicated deal. It's not just line up and, and come off the ball and try to knock the guy in front of you back as far as you can. There is so much that goes into it because of so much that's presented to you from the other side. He missed all of that. All right? So, and is going to be the starting guard. And so that's, you know, now would they have liked for Nate Davis to be able to be in there to see if he could have developed? I'm sure they would have, but they didn't have that. They can't worry about that right now. They can't.
0: With what Cleveland's defense looks like, I mean, the pressure, the ability to get pressure with four, I think, is probably the most undervalued but most important thing that you can have at this level of the sport.
2: There's no doubt.
0: they ha- They have weaknesses at linebacker, it seems to me, watching the tape. It seems like they can exploit the underneath coverage. With what Marcus Mariota does best, do you think that's the approach that they well, you, know,
2: you know really uh, Joe Scobert, their middle linebacker is really a good coverage linebacker. he's really smart and and what and, and what Wilkes is going to do Christian Kirksey's another linebacker that I really liked. I mean he's from St. Louis. I worked him out personally before the draft. He reminded me a lot of David Thornton and he's a he's a really really he's a he's a good player he's he's a good player now are are those guys physically? To the linebacker core to the second level, what those guys physically are up front? No, but they're still good players. Look, anytime anytime you're going to attack a second level of defense with your offense, the National Football League, the best way to attack the second level is to put them in run pass conflict. And to put them in run pass conflict, you've got to be able to do what? Run the ball. All right, and that's important. It's not saying that you have to run the ball all the time. But as a second-level defensive player in the National Football League, if you are constantly in run-pass conflict because they can run the football, that's when you can start to attack that level. Because it doesn't really matter the the skill level of a second-level player if they know what's coming every time. If you're not, if you can't run the football, and I can back those linebackers up, which I did for thirty, you know, if I can back them up and sit them in zones and play matchup zone and and sit them at depth and not have to worry about forcing the line of scrimmage, that's
0: the difference. We've been through the operations of the preseason. Arthur Smith is going to be calling plays for the first time. We've talked about it all off-season long. What is he going to face in week 1 that he has not seen in uh in the preseason? Well, what and is that's he going to face as a first?
2: That's time? a fair question, buck, because he's he doesn't know exactly what he's going to see. Right. Because this first ball game, you don't know exactly what you're going to see regardless of whether you have a lot of tape or not. They don't have a lot of real tape on these people. They have personnel tape. They don't have scheme tape because this is a new staff that they've put together. I know a lot of those guys on that staff, and there's a mix of guys on that staff as far as to what's going to go on. But but the defense, you're talking about, about Arthur Smith. He doesn't know for sure how Wilkes is going to attack him. You know, because Steve Wilkes has in his repertoire. I know, you know, just coming from the Ron Rivera tree, which I know very well, you know, Ron played for me for seven years. So You've been around. I yes, I have. <laughs> and so the the thing that's gonna happen is is they're gonna have there's gonna have to be some adjustments during that ball game. That's the biggest thing, especially in your first ball game. You have to be ready to adjust on the fly. You can't just go into a first ball game saying this is exactly what we're gonna get. And it's just like on defense. As it gets towards in the middle of the season and you've got a body of work to look at, you can really get some real definitive what we call bird-rabbit keys for your defense about what goes on so that you're not playing a 50-50 shot every time you line up on defense. You don't know that right now because you just don't have enough body of, of, of work and evidence to study. So you have to, first of all, you have to concentrate on you, but you have to be able to adjust during the ball game. <gasps>
1: 849 the wake up zone on labor day happy labor day to you on 104.5 the zone powered by all four seasons garage doors when trust matters count on all four seasons garage doors in nashville professional garage door installation and repair from a family owned and operated business visit all four seasons garages.com slash nashville and we are joined by dave mcginnis of titans radio who's brought to you by farm bureau health plans need great health care coverage at an affordable price let farm bureau health plans coach you through it they've got you covered i'm jonathan Schaefer, along with will bowling and buck rising here in for the guys today we'll go straight to the phones and chris in nashville chris you're on with the coach on 104.5 the zone hey what's up good morning biggie mac and happy labor day chris
2: thanks for calling in man happy labor day to you too brother
1: all right. Uh, I just want to.
2: I just wanted to ask a quick question because we all know how much you love football. So outside of the Titans game and and the Bears Packers game, what what other Week One game are you looking forward to? Because Bears Packers and Steelers Patriots are the two that I'm really interested in because. It's going to be – they're going to be some damn good games. Chris, I tell you what, you took the ones uh, – I was going to say Bears-Packers, you said that, and then I was going to go right to the Steelers-Patriots. I mean, you're, 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 you're spot on it. That Bears-Packers thing, you know, we were just up there Thursday, and, of course, I was there for 10 years and saw a lot, a lot of people. I mean, it's, you know, I love the city, great memories up there. It really started and jump-started my career, really made my career up there. But the Bears-Packers rivalry, you know, I, I, I've been in 20 of those games. And, and when I first started out, it was Mike Ditka as the head coach of the Bears and Forrest Gregg as the head coach of the Packers. Now, those two guys went at it, you know, as players in that, in that storied rivalry. You just It's the closest thing that you get. To a real, to a real, uh, you know, top-flight college rivalry that you can get in the National Football League, because first of all, they've both been playing for so long; they're real close in proximity. They're in the same division. It's, set, I mean, the the intensity of that ball game and the build-up to it, really, for both sides. And again, I experienced it as I said, twenty times. It it is tremendous. And then to be Thursday night, and and it's it's so appropriate that they are opening up the hundredth year you know of of NFL football to me that is i mean i i talked to a lot of people up there beforehand some you know some former players up there they are so looking forward to that that's really really going to be cool i will be
0: all over that game 6157371045 is how you talk to coach mac i'm curious as to how chicago how the chicago defense looks this year because i feel like defense is so difficult to carry over from year to year in the NFL because of what it does to the bodies and because a lot of it is based off turnovers and plays that are you, you can't necessarily replicate. Uh, is there a defense that stands out to you that you think is going to be? I, I guess I guess what I'm looking for, is there a defense that was great last year that you think is going to be able to hold their own this year again?
2: Well, I think you've got a good one there. I think you know, let, Let's go two different ways. Okay. Let's go two different ways on this. What Vic Fangio did there with that defense is why he's now the head coach at Denver. But he also, you know, the trade for Khalil Mack was huge. It was huge because that guy made a huge difference in what they do. I still think, and, and again, with Chuck Pagano in there, they still have got a chance to be really, really good, Look, I mean, I really believe that. And now, you know, you didn't see any of them in our game. But just knowing, knowing, knowing what Vic did Knowing who Chuck is, I mean, I know both those guys, you know, very well. That Bears defense is still going to be very, very good. And I'll tell you another defense, and, and it's it's clearly on the on the on the opposite side. You talk about defenses, and you always try to talk about marquee names. Watch what Belichick is going to do with this defense. Just watch, because what he does, regardless of of what type of marquee names you have, it, the, the things that he's able to do. Game by game by game have always impressed me. It's not so much about names. And now if you want to talk about people that have a really good personnel defense, I don't know how they're gonna gel. It's that one that the Titans are playing in the opener in Cleveland. They've got some real people. Now they were you know, they had to go one and thirty-six and a million or however many they went. You know for you know when Hugh Jackson was there and and all the stuff that they did to be horrible and they but they made some really good acquisitions that's a talented defense
0: from front to back that defense is you mentioned New England and I'm fascinated with with i mean for a great many reasons with what bill belichick and uh, and that staff does but they don't seem to emphasize pass rushers the way that the rest of the league does it seems to me they seem to be able to the, the talent is interchangeable. They find, find Michael Bennett off the scrap heap, and he's going to be just as, as good for them as he, as any of the players that they let go. Trey Flowers to Detroit uh, being one of them, obviously, a younger player that they let go for big money. Uh, but th- what they do, why is it that they don't seem to place as high a value on pass rushers as a position as the rest of the league?
2: Well, first of all, they've got a system. Bill Belichick, I mean, i you know, seeing Bill's defenses, I mean, when he was, at, he was at Cleveland, I mean, we used to practice against him at Platteville, Wisconsin. I mean, I know what he does, you know, with, with and, and he's a master at, at bringing guys. Look, he gets good, smart, tough players. And there's a lot to be said for being smart and tough on defense in the National Football League, not only for one game, not only for the flash game, but for game one through game 16. That's what's so huge. He's a master, master at doing
1: that. Coach Mack, this news just came across about 20 minutes ago per Adam Schefter, a new quarterback in Indianapolis. Colts are signing former Patriots quarterback Brian Hoyer. Three-year deal, $12 million, $9 million in guaranteed money. So your thoughts on Brian Hoyer to the Colts?
2: Well, I mean, they needed one. <laughs> you yeah. know they, they had to have one, so they, they, they went out and got it. And, uh, you know, for a backup quarterback in this league, that's good work if you can get it. I mean, that's, that's serious money. You know, that, that, that's real money. And So, you know, they needed one. You have to have one and, and whatever the, you know, Brian Hoyer's a, he's, he's a capable quarterback in the national football league and they made a move. We, we've we said, we've sat here today, starting off this program, talking about general managers making moves and what they think they have to do in the moment. That's a moment decision.
1: We will talk to you next Monday again, here on the wake up zone after the Browns and the Titans, we've got NFL regular season football and we can't wait.
2: Well, I, I can't wait either. And there's a lot that goes into it. Look, uh, this is so good being in here with you guys. There's so much more I'd like to talk about not only with you cuz I see you a lot, mm-hmm. is these two here. Yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of it concerns their off the field stuff. <laughs> we'll
0: leave that for another day. Thanks guys. I got all the time in the world for, it, brother. Okay. Many thanks. Shouts to all of the people at 1045 to Brad Willis, to Jonathan Schaefer for asking me to do it and for Will Bowling. Uh both of those guys made my job on Labor Day super easy and it was fun to be back on the radio. Uh, and I will be doing more radio with 104.5 weekly over there on 3HL, so we look forward to that. Very, uh, very grateful to Coach Mack for spending that time with us on Labor Day. Grateful to you guys who rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Coming up on Thursday, we will have a more expansive preview for you of this Cleveland game. Jonathan Hutton of the Midday 180, of course, Titans Radio. Corey Curtis, news anchor for WKRN News 2. You saw him work in the sidelines during the Titans preseason games over there with Charles Davis and Dan Helley. And Brandon Thorne will be the guest interview. Hutton and Corey will join me in studio. We will do the roundtable discussion that you guys have become accustomed to. Here on the 615 Sessions, we'll drop the Brandon Thorne interview into the middle of all that. He is a offensive and defensive line expert working for the Athletics out in Denver, and he has some thoughts for us on the Titans' offensive line versus the Browns' offensive line. And honestly, the Browns' offensive line versus the Titans' defensive line. Browns might have a worse offensive line situation than in Tennessee. I think, I think by far, honestly. I think that's going to be the biggest thing that hamstrings the Browns from, you know, taking this thing to the next step as everybody thinks they are going to do with that now high powered offense with Baker and Odell and Jarvis and Njoku and all of those parts. But regardless, that will be fun to do on Thursday. So make sure that you are rating, reviewing and subscribing so you get that conversation and the best football preview that you can possibly have. We're going to do it all for you uh, as well. By the way, my A to Z sports Periscope and Facebook live show that as you are hearing this podcast on Tuesday will be available to you Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on Facebook live and on Periscope. So make sure you're following A to Z sports on Instagram, of course, at A to Z sports, but Twitter at A to Z sports and Facebook at A to Z sports Nashville, my Periscope and Facebook live show A to Z sports prime time will be coming to you live tomorrow night. So we're very excited about that. I'll be doing the morning show for Austin, myself, and Zach, so you will see me a lot tomorrow. You will hear me a lot tomorrow, and that can only mean one thing, ladies and gentlemen. That means it is football season, and we are back, baby. Week one, we are ready to go. So, as always, I am Buck Rising, reminding you to stay hot, Nashville. We will talk to you Thursday, right here on the 615 Sessions, brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville dot com.